happen to have EP on sometimes because I could just listen to that guy's voice all the time. But, Stephen, I thought you would appreciate that, that the presenting sponsor of the Mosley and Simcox show, um, they, they, were, they were ready for Stephen to be back on the air uh, with me. And, uh, Stephen, we at least <laughs> temporarily, I hope permanently, we're back together. That's great news. Uh, I'm really happy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Brian. People at Central National Bank, they're fantastic folks. They've supported us for a, a long time through <laughs> probably more ups and downs than you would expect in, in what's been not that long of a partnership, but they've been steadfast, and uh, we're, we're really thankful for them and glad I'm back uh, doing radio with you. Um, this is good situation for us. So, yeah, thank you to EP for stepping in and making things happen and I'm uh, off paternity leave, which our owner was really excited about, and now I'm I'm back to to the radio world. Yeah, and we had the big announcement. You were kind enough to um, paternity leave. I'm I really I'm glad you said that with a straight face. I don't know if that's really in our guidelines or our, uh, our I I don't remember seeing that in the handbook at our place. But Stephen, um, you were there and you got to spend a week away, and the birth of your third child and as we've talked about uh, on the show before your first two were adopted and uh, they're awesome awesome kids and then uh, this was your first uh, biological child and we had you on last week when I was in Chicago and young Sawyer Michael Simcox was sort of introduced to the world now Stephen <laughs> as tends to happen with the Simcoxes and Mosley's um, man you know we will make some noise on you and uh, th- so you've, you've kind of had an interesting uh, first week or so, but you've already found out, Stephen, that young Sawyer is a pretty strong dude. Is that correct? He is. Yeah, also a pretty dramatic guy, which I guess kind of comes with the territory. But we're doing well. We're back home. Uh, but, yeah, as Matt said, been sort of a, a wild week. We were in the hospital, got discharged. That process was great. Went home for about 24 hours. Friday afternoon, kind of started noticing – uh, Sawyer hasn't, he seems a little dehydrated. He hasn't been eating a whole lot. Um, and we, we called his pediatrician and she was like, well, I can't get him in this afternoon. We had an appointment the next day, but she said, Hey, I'd really like for you guys to go to the ER, even though that's not what, you know, probably your first choice is, but I think he needs to get checked out right now. So we, we made that trip, uh, ended up staying in the NICU for a couple of days, but the staff there at Scott and White and Temple, they were fantastic. Uh, great team. They got him um, fixed up well, and he's healthy, back at home. He's been back at home now for a few days and is doing good. So appreciate people thinking of us over the past week or so. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a strong little guy. Seems like a, a fighter and has adjusted well to uh, all the craziness of the past, you know, 72 hours or so. All right, big brother and big sister, Stephen, that's one question you haven't really uh, answered for me, so I'll just ask it on the air. Have they, uh, I mean, it's not always easy, especially when you have toddlers, to bring the new child into the family because sometimes, of course, all that attention that the new baby gets, that's that's not easy. That's mm-hmm. not easy on the little ones. How are, how are they adjusting to having a little brother? So my three-year-old Abby, she loves baby dolls, and she's really excited. She wants to help. She wants to help a lot. So the main thing with her is just trying to find things that she can do because she wants to, like, carry the baby around the house, and we're not quite comfortable with that yet. But uh, she's been fantastic. You know, she's obviously a little jealous. There have been times where mom can't do something for her. You know, we're paying attention to the baby, and that's not her favorite thing. But I think she's getting pretty adjusted. Uh, My son Bradley, I'm not sure if he has even realized that there's someone else in the house yet. He's kind of oblivious to the whole thing. Like, he he seems to love his brother. I just think he doesn't really know what to do with him right now because he can't play with cars or trucks. So he just kind of says hi to him in the mornings and gives him a hug, and that's about as much interaction as as Bradley has with him, uh, I I guess, until he can get to a stage where he can move around a little bit more. Do do you feel like they may need a trip to see Uncle Matt – and maybe just uh, you know, we have a uh, we have a child that's at camp right now for the week. So um, at least for just a few days, 
Uh, it's just the two of us. Uh, Stephen, do you think Meredith appreciates this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is what Meredith was thinking. Y'all were gonna do while Parker was at camp. Send Bradley and Abby up, and we'll just kind of take care of them the rest of the week. This will be fun, and then uh, and then I'll kind of talk about it on the air, and and I'll see if my parenting. I mean, I think I've really upped the speed on how to parent. Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to overstate it, but but I, I've got a rising ninth grader. And I feel like we're doing okay. Like, I'm not yeah. saying we've got it mastered. I, I feel like she's well-adjusted, great, great kid. But, I I mean, there are days I'm like, I kind of like a crack, kind of like a crack at a little one again. <laughs> um, but I, but I kind of like EP was doing the other day. He said he got to, you know, be with his grandkids, and then he, and then he drops them off. So that's what I would like, Steve. I like about two days, <laughs> see how I do, and then drop them right back off at your house. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I'm sure – I'm sure Mike and uh, and Debbie Simcox are. Um, I bet they are. Uh, I bet they're stepping in and doing what they can. You know. Yeah, that's one of the great things about having grandparents down the street is you just send them over there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we can we can arrange that if you want. And you guys do have done a great job with Parker. Sometimes I hear like some of the the rules y'all have, and I'm like, oh wow, Matt and Meredith are really like doing this parenting thing well. Like I've, I've met other teenagers, and I doubt they would they would listen to some of those things. But Parker seems very well adjusted and thrives in athletics and dance and all kinds of things. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I would just attribute that to uh, we have we have drawn the line at Snapchat. For some reason, <laughs> that was our line in the sand. We finally allowed Instagram. And for some reason, I just felt like there was at least one kind of social media. Obviously, don't do Facebook or Twitter. She's not really interested in that stuff. Other than, by the way, Stephen, this, is, this will happen to you at some point. They... <laughs> Some of the kids are on Twitter. I've got no interest in her being on Twitter, right? But some of her friends are, and so <laughs> they see your jokes. <laughs> no, nah, they 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 thought they they were got real excited about Mr. Mosley is um what do you even call that, Stephen? When I when you have the blue check mark. I'll oh, you're verified. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they were they were in the car one night. And they said Mr. Mosley is verified. <laughs> they were so excited about that. That is kind of cool. I'm a little surprised that that would like move the needle for the Lake Highlands kids, but okay, yeah. <laughs> they really like they're like both Mr. Mosley's verified. Parker's kind of like oh, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. But all right, uh, it is Mosley and Simcox together again, and again. E. P. Garth stepped in. Stephen. I mean, not only did he have to kind of learn on the fly, but then he had me. Stephen, think about that. It's not the easiest thing in the world, even under the greatest of circumstances, like to produce uh, and do a show with me. You know, it has its struggles. Then I was on the road in Chicago, and so EP was uh, EP did a great job, really, pr- and uh, just got you know it was fun getting to know him. So Stephen, occasionally we're going to have EP on, and it's just going to be I want to have a regular segment, and I want to call it Story Time with EP. <laughs> And, and, and we're just going to, whatever EP wants to talk about that day. Like if it's, you know, because he's, he's taught, he's been a professor, he's written books, he went to Baylor like later in life, which is kind of cool. And I just want to wind, I just want to say, okay, EP, this is, here's five, six minutes for your story of the day. What do you think, Stephen? Would you be on board with that? I like it. He is kind of like the most interesting man in the world. I mean, he's, he's lived a lot of life and done it well. So I, I think this is a good Let's make let's make, just make it a weekly segment, and it's also you know a time where we can kind of relax, which is always sort of what we're looking for in in this business. Yeah, he he, he by the way he started telling me some stories about uh, about how some of our bosses you know like the history of how they got to where they are and stuff. I like that stuff. I wanted I said EP. I need more of this. I need to kind of dig into this. All right, um, a lot of fun stuff happening, and uh, we will keep you updated. But um, Sawyer Simcox has entered the world, and, uh, and, and though, you know, having to fight a few issues early on, it seems to be flourishing, and, uh, and I, think, um, I think everything's going to be great and very, very excited. And, Stephen, I can't wait to um, – I didn't feel yesterday was appropriate to just kind of pop into the house, but why don't you just kind of give me when, when it's appropriate, you know, when it's – I know parents, people don't always like – other people coming by when the baby's like a week old let's let's let Sawyer get to like a month old and then Uncle Matt will stop by for his uh with a couple of gifts or whatever oh that sounds great yeah a month little, old sounds good 
I think I owe Bradley and Abby some <laughs> gifts as well. That's so okay. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Okay, Stephen, uh, as our resident college baseball expert, that's you. Um, I this is I this was fascinating. So I was. Um, I was kind of moving around the city, and I like listening to baseball. Baseball's still a great radio sport. It's one of the reasons we have uh, the Rangers on the radio, even though they're horrible. The Astros are a little better. Uh, but, but, you know, people love listening to baseball on the radio. I, I heard one of the most exciting innings, and I swear I think they were only in, like, the fourth inning when this was happening. It's a 4-4 tie with Texas and Tennessee. And, Stephen, I know you had your eye on this. And then – there's like, next thing you know, I'm hearing about coaches being ejected for Tennessee. The fans are turning on the umpires. And then there's like a play at the plate, a bang-bang play. And after review, they confirmed that the, the Texas runner was safe. Uh, last I looked, Stephen, Longhorns were up 6-4. to four, And that, boy, that inning was, that that is college baseball at its best. Stephen, can you, can you give us the latest update? on that Texas score. I can, yeah. It's 7-4 UT. Uh, fifth inning just ended. Tennessee coming to bat in the top of the six. But this has been a, a back-and-forth game. As you said, that was a pretty crazy inning in the fourth where Texas scored three runs. Um, had a great slide that, uh, you know, got them one of those runs. Looked like the, the runner was out by a couple of feet. Eric Kennedy hit a three-run homer for the Horns today. That gave them a 3-2 lead. Tennessee fought back and tied it at four. So it's been a back-and-forth game. And uh, as a sign that this is, you know, win or go home, when Tristan Stevens, the Texas starter, kind of started to struggle there in the fourth, um, David Pierce brought in his closer, Tanner Witt, and he's he's still pitching. So not sure. Obviously, that's not what you want to do because you got more games to play. But if you don't win today, as you know, Matt, your season's over. So they've turned it over to their best bullpen arm, already in Tanner Witt, and they're trying to hold on to the 7-4 to four lead as we head to the top of the sixth inning. You know, one of my favorite things, Stephen, when some of our alma maters, uh, you're a TCU guy, I'm a Baylor guy, we've got great friends who are Longhorns. I always like it when some of my, like, NFL writing buddies that are Longhorns but don't have a lot of baseball knowledge. Have you ever noticed that? They get on Twitter and they say a bunch of stuff, and you're just you can just immediately tell it's like, Oh, I don't think they watch a lot of baseball, do they? <laughs> so I've been seeing some football guys, Stephen, get way on this Longhorn bandwagon. And uh, last night, um, there at uh, Stephen, what's that place right over there near our station? I went over there to uh, is it Don Carlos's? Don Carlos, Whoa. yep. Don Carlos, love that green sauce. I also like that Cuckoo's or Cuckoo's place. I love that green sauce they have, and I'll get the chips and I'll get after that green sauce. But Stephen, up on the uh, uh, up at that, I was looking up there at the uh, the screen. I'm trying to think who I was watching. NC State, Steve, can you believe this? NC State that got beat by Arkansas, 21 to two in the first game of that regional, and and NC State wins a game one to nothing in the World Series. Stephen, that for. For people that are a little bit uh, new to college baseball or don't always watch it, to win a game one to nothing is you might as well have like a perfect game or something or a no hitter. You know, there's no hitters all the time now in Major League Baseball. It's it's insane. Like the more typical experience is what's happening with Texas and Tennessee right now. It's a seven four ball game, a one zero game. Stephen, that's about. Um, you see those in the World Series, I would say, once every decade or so. It's pretty rare. And, I mean, you kind of expected that from Vandy because they had Jack Leiter out there who's going to be – he's Al Leiter's son. He's going to be a top pick in the draft. He's incredible. He's leading the nation in strikeouts. But uh, NC State, Sam Highfill, he was fantastic. He went eight innings, and then they turned it over to their closer, Evan Justice, who uh, got the shutout for the pack, and they beat Vandy. Um, it, it really feels like, you know, we'll have to see. They're going to have to beat somebody one more time to get to the National Championship Series. With this NC State team, they go on the road. They beat Arkansas twice. Um, and, you know, those games against the Hogs, like, again, it was really good pitching, some timely hitting. They did that again last night against a, a really good Vandy pitcher and Jack Leiter. Um, they, they just feel like maybe a team of destiny, maybe that group that just got hot at the right time. 
But that was super impressive. And, uh, yeah, there's been a, a, a couple of those games, a lot of strikeouts. You know, Mississippi State and Texas, they went at it the other night, and Mississippi State won that game 2-1. to one. Horn struck out 21 times. So you, you are kind of seeing, I think, that um, approach that we see from major league hitters starting to trickle down a little bit to the lower level where you have the combination of guys trying to launch the ball, trying to hit more home runs, and just a, a lot of pitchers that have good stuff, high velocity, and, and uh, great secondary you know, breaking pitches that, that really get a lot of swings and misses from uh, guys in the box. All right. Um, the the uh, Virginia will uh, be the home team tonight against Mississippi State. You, you mentioned uh, uh, Mississippi State. They're really, really good at baseball. And, in fact, the other night against the Longhorns, Stephen was the – I think it was a starting pitcher had – 15 strikeouts and what did you say did you say it was like did they end up with 21 or 22 strikeouts all together they ended up for tw- with 21 for the game mm-hmm. okay 21 strikeouts all together and um that again this is metal bats these guys i mean they're great pitchers steven talked about it you, you're seeing some good breaking stuff but you're not supposed to miss that many bats just up there striking everybody out and so virginia steven you might say well mostly why would you be rooting for virginia well, I'll tell you, Stephen, I, the team that knocked out my DBU Patriots, I kind of jumped on that bandwagon, um, that, that's who I'm kind of rooting for now. Because the team that not, you want the team that knocked your team out to do well. So you feel kind of better about your life. You feel better about losing to a team that does extremely well. So, Stephen, who, now do, you, do you have the Bulldogs or, or uh, the uh, Who's in that one? Who do you like at Virginia versus uh, Mississippi State? Man, it's a, it's a great question. I'm actually going to take Virginia because I think their pitching depth is better. Um, and Mississippi State's got a great lineup. You know, obviously they got some great work from their arms the other night. But, again, kind of like NC State, the Who's have sort of found ways to win. They won in the national title back in 2015. This is obviously a completely different roster. But both these teams understand what this stage is. They know how to work in the College World Series. And Virginia, they were a three seed in that old Dominion Regional, and they just found a way to get out and then beat DBU. They're another uh, group that just got really hot at the right time. All right, Stephen, it just made me think of some um, – because I was, I, was, I was thinking in my mind what would be a good trivia question this week. Had some really good news for you. Uh, Tacker and I went by and had uh, lunch at Schmaltz's uh, yesterday and had uh, – I had the Schmaltz. can't remember exactly what he had. I had twice baked bread, kind of did the overbaked bread. I like it like that. And um, Stephen Schmaltz's has decided to re-up with us and will continue to All be right. one of our great sponsors of the uh, Mosley and Simcox Extravaganza. Thank you, Nelson Rue. Nelson Rue is a big-time listener of this station, and uh, I think it fits well because he kind of starts winding down his afternoon, and then he can turn on Mosley and Simcox. Nelson Rue. Way to get back there and make those things. My gosh. You know, a lot of owners of restaurants just kind of, you know, they show up and glad hand people. Nelson's always anchoring the, the, the sandwich making. Like he's in the middle of everything. And I always appreciate that about him. Okay. Um, lots to discuss. But next, Stephen, we need to talk about some uh, worrisome news about one of the greatest Baylor basketball players ever. Is his NBA future in doubt? That is next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Partly cloudy skies tonight and dry conditions as low temperatures fall to 74 degrees. Tomorrow we start off with mostly cloudy skies, but the clouds decrease as we go throughout the day. And again, a lot of sunshine late in the afternoon. Highs top out at 95 and mostly sunny on Thursday with a high of 96. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. Frank was just such a gentleman, such a great representative of Baylor University. And it wasn't just Baylor. I mean, he was doing the Baylor games, but he was so well-respected that he was doing Southwest Conference basketball TV games every week. And the other coaches in the Southwest Conference were okay with that just because Frank was so so fair and did such a great job for their schools and for the league. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. When you're dealing with life's ups and downs, it helps to know the ins and outs of insurance. 
Farmers Insurance has been sharing practical insurance knowledge for more than 90 years. At David Greenup Insurance Agency, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Contact David Greenup Farmers Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889 to find out how he can help you protect the things that matter most to you. That's Greenup Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. My house has a new Summer is here and so is home improvement season. It's time to get those windows replaced. Call Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Central Texas.com. That's Universal Windows Central Texas.com. Or call 254 301 7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. One game in the NBA playoffs tonight, the Clippers at the Suns in Game 2 of the West Finals. Phoenix has a 1-0 lead in that series. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Last night in the Stanley Cup semifinals, Tampa Bay beat New York 8-0 to take a 3-2 lead in that series. Tonight, Vegas hosts Montreal with that series tied at two games apiece. Puck drops at 8 o'clock. Houston Astros got a 10-2 win last night over Baltimore. That series continues tonight. First pitch at 6.05. Kyle Gibson got through six innings last night to help the Rangers in a six-game skid as they beat Oakland 8-3. Rangers and A's tonight. Taylor Hearn on the bump for the Rangers. First pitch at 7.05. And you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. afternoon at ESPN Fox Central Texas. Hello everybody out there at Temple Belton. We appreciate you. Mary Harden Baylor on into Salado, place I like to spend a lot of time. Love what's going on in Salado. And um, boy, the stagecoach ends, gorgeous. Love uh, Stephen, that, that was this was about the part of the summer. I usually planned it right around when Texas Football Magazine would come out. And um, guess who owns Texas Football Magazine, Stephen? That would be Drayton McLean. And um, he was a longtime great friends with, with Dave Campbell, and he owns that magazine. And, of course, they're in Temple, so they listen to us on the uh, Fox affiliate. And, uh, boy, we like all our people. We like Fox, ESPN, anybody that will listen to us, Stephen, we're open to, and we appreciate everybody out there. So that's a, uh, that's a great part of the country. But, uh, Stephen, I would – our family, we had uh, two or three other families from my hometown in Kaufman, and we would make the uh, our ways da- our way down to uh, Stagecoach Inn every summer. Okay, about I don't know, maybe early mid July, late June, whenever, and uh, and that was a big time, man. That was, um, and we might slip over and play a little golf at Mill Creek, and then later in life, Stephen, my family loved it so much, we uh, we now uh, have a little place down there on uh, Mill Creek. So that's a gorgeous part of the world. And, uh, Stephen, apparently uh, Chris Graham, director of golf at Mill Creek, another big listener of ours. So uh, shout out to Mill Creek. 
Can I also say that's a great place? We love Mill Creek. I love going down to Salado. Got married there at the end, uh, in, which is close to Teo Chan. But I, I got a Twitter message yesterday because you're talking about your family. And I was just really touched by it. Thank you to Matt's dad, Mr. Mosley, who DM'd me on Twitter and just was like, hey, congratulations for, you know, birth of a new kid and your growing family. Sent me a picture of you and him and Mandy on Father's Day. So appreciate that, Mr. Mosley. Thanks for uh, thinking of me during this time. John Dean Mosley checking in, and uh, he's a fan of the Mosley Simcox extravaganza, and uh, he was excited to hear the news of uh, Sawyer Simcox coming into the world. In fact, uh, we met up with a family. Stephen, you know my folks still live in Kaufman County, and one of their fl- favorite places is the Flying Fish. All right? So we met at the Flying Fish and had uh, had some big time. My dad and I have been known to knock back like a fried shrimp platter, Stephen. We're not shy when it comes to something like that. So I, I split the uh, I split the uh, trout almondine with my wife Stephen, and then split the, I split the shrimp platter with my dad with plenty of hush puppies. Dad does not scrimp when it comes to hush puppies. All right, and uh, that Stephen, that's how after my accident, you know, I told you I was on some kind of medication, pain medication that was uh, causing me to lose weight. Which some people are like, "What's that? I'd like to try that." I would not advise it. Um, and so I dropped about 25 or 30 pounds. And then, Stephen, I came, I came, ra- I got off that stuff and I came racing back. And I, a lot of, <laughs> there were a lot of hush puppies involved in that. And so, if you ever need to know, like, how to, I can't totally help you with losing weight. That was just kind of a bad way to do it because I'd had an accident. But I can really help you if you're trying to put on weight. Um, uh, my my dad and I can we could both tell. I shouldn't talk for him. I'll just say my I I know how to do that. All right, Stephen. Um, we need to discuss a couple of things that have happened with Baylor. One of those is that the guy we had on just the other day. We were so excited to have him on last week. In fact, he was in Chicago when I was in Chicago. Um, it was Jared Butler. He had been named the Big Twelve Sportsman of the Year. Well, tomorrow this this big thing is getting ready to. Uh, uh, to start this combine, the NBA combine, and Butler, who may be the most important recruit of the Scott Drew era, in my opinion, um, he has uh, been referred to the panel. It's called a fitness to play panel. That obviously means something has come up with his health, and and according to the collective bargaining agreement. This is an NBA, of course, Jared Butler, who has um, declared for the draft and was getting ready for the draft in Chicago, been doing great. In fact, we had him on, and, boy, sounded great. He was excited. It says a player can be referred to the panel if he and the team disagree over whether he's physically capable of playing. The panel consists of three physicians, one appointed by the league, one by the Players Association, and the third appointed by the first two physicians. I mean, Stephen, think about that. Think about how interesting this is. This panel has three physicians. The, there's one from the Players Association. The league comes up with one of them. And then those two have to get together to name the third physician. I mean, that's a strange way of doing business, but whatever. So they come up with their three doctors, and they'll, they'll have to uh, – They'll have to basically make a decision, look at all the available um, uh, health information on Jared Butler. Now, I will say this. I I don't know all the ins and outs of of everything with Jared's health. Baylor, in the past, has been known as a place that, that has a history of taking chances on players with previous heart conditions. All right, King McClure... Uh, had a heart condition, and Baylor was comfortable with that. And, and of course, their doctors and everybody checked off on this, and they looked into it, and Baylor was willing to accept whatever kind of liability you would have. Um, I don't, again, I don't want to speculate on what Jared's situation is, but knowing Baylor's history, and, again, of course, Isaiah Austin played at Baylor and then um, uh, famously, or if you'll remember, ended up being diagnosed with Marfan syndrome 
could not see out of one eye, and it was a condition that affects Morphin syndrome is is quite involved. So I won't get into all that. But basically, he the NBA said he couldn't play. They were not willing to clear him to play. He has since resumed his career and gone off to, I believe, China. At one point, he was trying to play in in uh, in you know foreign ball, uh, pro ball in uh, China. So Stephen, this is pretty huge news because Jared Butler from Baylor was uh, thought to probably go somewhere in the 20s, which would have put him in the first round in the draft. The conventional wisdom right now has Davion Mitchell going in the top 10. Okay, he could go as high as number five, six, or seven in, in some of these mock drafts. And then Jared Butler was showing up anywhere from like 19 to 24 in the draft. Now, that's in doubt because, you know, he has to be approved uh, before he can be drafted. And, uh, Stephen, I think I think this is going to be a wait-and-see thing, but I would have to say Jared's an amazing young man. In fact, he was just named Big 12 Sportsman of the Year. He'll handle this beautifully. But think about you're about to go through the biggest moments of your life, uh, and you have a chance to basically create generational wealth if everything works out, and you have the career you think you're going to have. But no matter what career you have, you ha- he has a chance to make an immense amount of money, and suddenly the doctors are saying, we're not sure if we're going to approve you to play. Uh, Stephen, I would say this is a pretty scary situation for a 22-year-old guy to be going through. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult to, I guess, put into words, as, as you sort of laid out there. He's worked so hard to get to this point. And, I mean, I understand priority number one is obviously keeping him safe. But he did have a great career at Baylor, um, played there, you know, won a national title, was most outstanding player of the tournament, sportsman of the year, did all these things. So part of you is like, well, why can't you you play in the NBA or or why is there a question about it? Um, But I, I would just hate this for him. Again, health and safety being the the top priority but regardless i do think yeah it's gonna be something that comes up i mean he's gonna have to explain what's going on to teams teams will have to assess uh what's going on do we take a chance here do we feel comfortable with having him on the court do we feel comfortable he's going to be available and those are big questions i mean we see guys fall in the draft board frequently because of injuries or just things that can't be explained um, so you hope that's not the case here for Jared, that this he can get cleared and a team can feel comfortable, you know, obviously seeing the, the talent that he has, the moxie that he has, and taking him highly in the, in, in the first round. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, um, Stephen, let's put that out there at some point, uh, maybe today when we get a chance, that uh, we'll put our beautiful Central National Bank graphics with it from Brian Fonbo. But we'll, we'll put that um, – Let's put that um, Jared Butler um, tweet out there because, obviously, this story is getting a lot of buzz, and I'm pretty sure we're the last people who talked to them before this story hit. So we obviously did not know. I had heard, and we might have alluded to this offer on the air, Stephen. I don't know. I I knew there was some medical concern with Jared. In fact, Stephen, if if you remember, you and I talked about this Again, I can't even remember if it was on the air or not. But we wondered why he was waiting so long to declare for the NBA draft and thought, could it be medical thing? Well, maybe maybe that has turned out to be the case. Now, people are going to ask this question, so I'll just address it. Could he, if the NBA says he can't play, could he get his eligibility back and play another year at Baylor. Now, selfishly, would we love to see Jared play another year? You bet. But my prayer uh, for him is that somehow this works out and he can be in this NBA draft. Now, even if they declare that he could be in the NBA draft, there will be some teams that are worried about whatever condition is holding him up. Again, just so we're clear on this, Baylor has a history of – of 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 accepting because of uh you know they 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 are just a little more accepting maybe than some other schools athletic programs of guys that have pre-existing heart conditions 
So it's happened before, and, and again, at some point we'll know more about Jared's situation. At this point, I just think we're all rooting for him to be able to be in this draft and to go as high as he was going to go. And I just don't want this to be the cause of him dropping into the second round or not being drafted or whatever. But um, that would be interesting, Stephen, if for whatever reason they say he is not draft eligible, what would be his move? Now, probably his move would be to see if he could get um, secure, you know, if, if he would be allowed to play foreign ball and, and go make some money. Now, of course, we would love to see him back at Baylor, but only if that were like some kind of only, only option. I just really, really am hoping this NBA thing works out. And Jared Butler, one of our favorite people to have on the show, it's uh, it's big news. All right, Stephen, the other thing, um, real quickly, Matt Meyer, Matthew Meyer, uh, Baylor's extremely athletic power forward, small forward, whatever you want to call him. He can play both. He can play the center if you have to in a small ball lineup. He can play guard. I mean, he's he, he literally is like he's pretty much a shooting guard. He can handle it. He could do a little bit of everything, and um, he—he really. I think he's going to have a nice NBA career. He made the decision yesterday to come back to Baylor. He's taking his name out of the draft, and he will be with Baylor next year. Stephen, I would just have to say that the thought of seeing Matt Meyer as a starter um, <laughs> to some people it might be terrifying. To me, I—I just—I just smile when I think about Matthew Meyer. And I think it's going to make what was already going to be an exciting season all that more exciting with Matthew Meyer in the starting lineup. I mean, he's a funny guy. And for a couple of years there, it was sort of a running bit. Like, he's got all the confidence in the world. He can shoot you out of a game. But I do think as, as much as that reputation is what precedes him, he's matured a lot. And I would expect that to continue under Scott Drew and his coaching staff. And, yes, you're going to see a guy that is not afraid to, to fire away. I imagine that will increase as he gets a chance in the starting lineup. Um, but he's a really, really good player. And his role is going to get bigger. It's a little bit different being somebody that you lean on as opposed to um, a guy that comes off the bench and has some extra scoring punch. But there were nights, Matt, where by the end of the season it was obviously clear that Baylor was the best team in the country. And there were nights where – uh, he was the best player on the floor. Like he was just the best scorer in the game. He was getting what he wanted. He could put it. He could take people off the bounce. He can shoot. You know, he can finish either with a dunk or in traffic. Um, he's a special guy, and it, it's going to be fun to watch him develop even more this year. And that's a a nice little rotation that they've sort of put together with some of those transfers and, and the players that are coming back. All right, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, update from uh, Omaha World Series. Texas continues to lead Tennessee 7-4, top of the seventh. Longhorns, uh, ooh, Longhorns just added a score. Stephen, you may have it right on in the studio there. Longhorns uh, add, a, uh, add a run, and they have just gone up 8-4 to four over the Vols. Um, these things are never over in college baseball, but Stephen, Longhorns have to be feeling pretty good about things. They do. That offense is clicking. Uh, Tanner with their closer is in a nice job on the mound. So feels like they're they're in control at the moment. Tennessee's got a really good lineup, um, and they've won 50 games this year. So they're a good team. But Texas is is rolling at, at the moment in, in Omaha. All right. We'll keep you updated on that. And then we got a, we got a big game two tonight in the uh, NBA Western Conference Finals. And we want to weigh in on one of the most bizarre – NBA stories I can remember. Can you what do you do with a superstar who can't shoot? That's next. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach Mitch Thompson. Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. And You know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. 
Feel like you're missing out on the fiesta? You don't have to. La Fiesta Restaurant is open with dine-in seating, drive-thru, and delivery. Now, you can get the famous Purple Margarita to go or delivered with any food purchase. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier with family pack of fajitas, enchiladas, and tacos. Order online or call ahead and get any of your La Fiesta favorites at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Stop by downtown in Waco at Way Cool Tacos in Union Food Hall. Way Cool Tacos, located corner of Franklin and 8th Street. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. All right, I want to talk about the official attorney of the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. And in fact, Stephen, you'll love this. Craig Cherry, our official attorney, weighed in on this nine to nothing Supreme Court ruling on the NCAA uh, yesterday. That was big news out there. And uh, and Craig, Craig, uh, I liked what Craig said. Craig made the comment that um, this is basically in a, in such a divisive. Uh, time in our country, the NCAA is the one thing that can bring the Supreme Court together. They all they, it was a nine nothing blowout uh, against the NCAA, and basically they called them out for being corrupt and saying, "Hey, if anybody else tried to do this, it'd be illegal." Craig Cherry uh, is a guy I went to law school with many years ago. Uh, is has done an amazing job over the years. Has been a trusted guy. No Central Texas. Spent pretty much his entire career and life in Central Texas. And when it comes to litigation and trial strategy, regularly recognized by his peers as being at the top of the list. He's right there in Waco, easy to get a hold of. Let me tell you a couple of ways to get a hold of him. Here's the phone number, 254-651-3690, 254-651-3690. Or you can go to their website for... Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Sherry, that's swclaw.com. Again, that's swclaw.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. One game in the NBA playoffs tonight, the Clippers at the Suns in game two of the West Finals. Phoenix has a 1-0 lead in that series. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Last night in the Stanley Cup semifinals, Tampa Bay beat New York 8-0 to take a 3-2 lead in that series. Tonight, Vegas hosts Montreal with that series tied at two games apiece. Puck drops at 8 o'clock. Houston Astros got a 10-2 win last night over Baltimore. That series continues tonight. First pitch at 6.05. Kyle Gibson got through six innings last night to help the Rangers in a six-game skid as they beat Oakland 8-3. Rangers and A's tonight. Taylor Hearn on the bump for the Rangers. First pitch at 7.05. And you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes. Only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Well, thank you, Central National Bank. They uh, continue to be a huge part of our show and uh, one of the most uh, loyal partners we could have. And they just do an incredible job in Central Texas. Again, two locations in Waco, one in Temple, and then one in Austin. Stephen, one of these days, now that you're a, you're a new father again, uh, it's going to be tough to get you down there to 6th Street, but I've always wanted to get down there and check out Central National Bank right in the heart of Austin. Uh, although, Stephen, I think we had some, mm, some, some uh, an incident on 6th Street recently, so maybe we want to steer clear 
Uh, but where Central National Bank is is a very safe part, okay? It's a little closer to campus, and uh, it is a beautiful, uh, beautiful bank. And, again, we uh, are so appreciative. And, uh, Stephen, as your kids get older, and then someday, believe it or not, they'll be ready for college, they'll be in high school, and Central National Bank uh, opens accounts and helps your kids learn how to manage accounts. And then, of course, when you send your kids off to college, like Baylor, MCC, wherever, um, I mean, at Temple, wherever you go, wherever you, uh, uh, Hill Junior College, you can, uh, they'll help your kid and take care of them. If they have any issue, they can actually get a hold of a person. The bank, in fact, mans the phones until 10 o'clock every evening. Thank you, Central National Bank, for your partnership and your loyalty. It is Mosley and Simcox working through really kind of a moderate afternoon. Temperature-wise, we've been okay a little bit. Um, and, uh, Stephen, we've got we, – we, last night was weird. There was college baseball, but for the first time in what seems like weeks and weeks and weeks, there wasn't an NBA game. And so I didn't you – know, I'm just sort of – you know, I always sit down and see what's going on with all these NBA games. We didn't have one last night. So it felt kind of strange. Tonight it gets going again, and that's game two. All right, that's game two of the Western Conference Finals, and that is the Clippers against the Suns. In game one, Devin Booker for the Suns said, you know what, I, we love Chris Paul, and he's going to be a part of this thing as much as he can, like via Zoom. But for whatever reason, Stephen, they have made him unavailable because of health and safety protocols. Apparently the man, like, had been vaccinated and somehow still quarantined. I don't get it. I, I still don't have a great understanding. We now have packed arenas. But Chris Paul, who's asymptomatic, has no symptoms, can't get on the basketball court. He's finally gotten to this huge place in his life. He's fought for it his whole career. He's made it to the Western Conference Finals, and he can't play. I mean, Stephen, have you figured this one out? I, because I can't. No, it makes have z- packed arenas, but this guy can't get on the court. It makes zero sense to me. And, I mean, I, I thought the point of getting vaccinated and going through that protocol was that the testing and those requirements would kind of relax a little bit. I mean, we're seeing that in the NFL, um, that, you know, this year, if, if you have the vaccine, you're not going to be, you're not going to have to adhere to the strict protocol that unvaccinated people aren't, are, are going to in the league. So I, I don't know why Chris Paul can't play. He has no symptoms. Um, he's been vaccinated. I just, I don't get this. And it's a huge, uh, on what has been a, a playoff run that's been filled with injuries across the league where stars have gone down it's a huge bummer that we can't see uh, cp3 out there leading the suns i'm with you and um although in some weird way it kind of evens things out a little bit because the clippers continue to be without Kawhi leonard the great Kawhi leonard two-time uh two-time finals mvp and he's had a sore knee stevens that sound right to you is it the knee that's holding it's him up knee, right now? It's the knee, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's got the knee issue, and then, of course, we've got the safe, uh, health safety protocols with, uh, with Chris Paul. And so you have Paul George basically versus Devin Booker. And then, of course, we'll just see who else can step up. I would say right now uh, Booker seems to have more help, although at times in that previous series, the Clippers, especially against the Jazz, all those other guys stepped up in a big way. And uh, Terrence Mann came through huge for the Clippers. I mean, where'd that guy come from, Stephen? Shows up in a in a in a NBA semifinals and scores thirty nine points. I mean, Terrence Mann. Nobody yeah. know. Nobody <laughs> knew who this guy was. I, I I don't even know. Was he undrafted or was he like second round? Whatever. Terrence Mann was pretty much kind of a forgotten mm-hmm. guy, and he gets into the NBA and he he might have been first round. I don't know. I'm just saying. He, he was just kind of a, a decent little role player, and then he scored 39 in the playoffs. So you never know. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, Steven, we only have a few minutes left. I did want to – so it's fun having you back. I um, was talking to EP the other day about a story that, that I can't – it's hard to fathom, and it's a superstar player, an all-star player who – plays great defense, is great in transition, is unbelievably athletic, and is a 6'9 or 6'10 point guard. I'm talking about Ben Simmons for the 76ers. 
they now have announced, the Sixers, that they've put together a plan for Ben Simmons. Now, what would this plan be? This guy's been, you know, his rookie year didn't really count as his rookie year because he didn't get to play because of injuries or whatever. So his true rookie, I think he was named Rookie of the Year. Was that right, Stephen? Did he? Was it up? Yeah, was he, he was Rookie of the Year. Him and him and Donovan Luka? Mitchell battled it out, but he ended up winning he it. He and Donovan. That's right. So that was a year. That would have been before Luca. So Donovan and so he gets named Rookie of the Year. And, and again, some people believe him to be a quote unquote superstar. He can't shoot free throws. He's awful. They they, they at one point, Stephen, I was looking at a deal and and like. I, 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 um, it was the minimum of a certain amount of free throws, and it was the record for worst ever. And I want to—I sh- want to say he shot like thirty-four percent. He went twenty-one straight trips to the um, free throw line in the in the playoffs without making two consecutive free throws. Twenty-one. I mean, Stephen, I could. I, I mean, I, I haven't shot free throws. I've had a, I broke my neck. I mean, I used to be a pretty decent free throw shooter. I think if I step out there. Even in a crazy environment, I might get lucky and, and knock down two of them. I mean, this is unbelievable. And so what's happened is he's too fearful. He's so embarrassed about his free throw shooting that he, he passes up dunks. And in the, the infamous moment was in that playoff game the other night against the Bucks, And he's underneath the goal, and he has a wide-open layup or a, a dunk, and he passes it up because he was afraid they might foul him and he might have to go to the free throw line. It was so embarrassing that Joel, M- Joel Embiid reacted to it and threw his hands up in disgust. They've got to do something about this. Steven, do you think this results in a trade, or do you think they will be able to somehow straighten out Ben Simmons? Great defensive player, great athlete, playoff bomb just bombed out completely no I think they trade him and it's unfortunate but Daryl Morey has never been somebody who just kind of sits around and waits for things to resolve we we saw him change up that supporting cast around James Harden almost every year and I just can't imagine nobody right now wants a point guard that can't shoot but specifically with Morey Ball and how he wants to play it doesn't seem like a good fit it's it's tough to watch. I mean, it's never good when you kind of see somebody get the yips, and Ben has been a player that's always struggled with the shot, but this is a new level, passing up a dunk in a two-point game in the fourth quarter of game seven. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I realize that these two guys are completely different. Like, Ben Simmons is a good – like, he's a good NBA player. But the Sixers have now really – if they end up trading him, maybe they can fix Ben Simmons – but they missed on two guys who are really similar. I mean, Markel Fultz, and I know he's washed out of the league and it, it didn't really work for him, but he was another player. You know, he went to Washington, Ben Simmons went to LSU. Both of them were supposed to be the first round, the first pick in the draft before they even got to college. They weren't overwhelming in college, but they still got taken number one overall anyway. Uh, both of them had issues with their confidence, issues with their shot, and it just didn't work. And, I mean, we've seen playoff series – you know, Jason Kidd eventually turned into a really good shooter. Um, John Rondo, there have been times where he's been dared to shoot jumpers because that's not his game. You have to you have to make people respect it at least somewhat. You have to find a way where somebody's not sagging 10 feet off you because they know you can't hit shots because it just, I mean, it bogs your offense down. And, uh, man, what, what a missed opportunity for the Sixers losing to the Hawks and, and not being able to to move on when the Nets bowed out to uh, to the Bucks as well. 